Almost always we are looking for new talent with object-oriented programming. So in particular Java, C++ for sure, certainly data scientists. Maxar has 125 petabytes of data and that provides for a lot of opportunity to develop artificial intelligence or machine learning to be able to look through those archival images. Maxar has the highest resolution satellites in orbit currently. Welcome to Security Cleared Jobs, Who's Hiring and How, the podcast for cleared professionals looking for new opportunities and career advice. We go behind the scenes with recruiters and hiring managers from leading cleared employers to uncover the information you need to make a smart career move. Get ready for insights from this week's guest and your hosts, Kathleen Smith and Rachel Bozeman. Good day to everyone. This is Kathleen here once again with my beloved dear friend, Rachel. Well, hello and greetings to all. We are looking forward to another fun-filled show here at Podcast Central. We want to do a special shout out to Ashley, our producer in the booth. She's behind the scenes, but oh so important to make us sound good and keeping us organized. And for today's show, we are talking to Didi Piotr, lead technical recruiter for Maxar Technologies. Welcome to the show, Didi. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Well, Didi, we want to kick off the show in form and fashion here, and we want to hear all about you and your career journey. So tell us a little bit about your career journey that has brought you to Maxar. Uh, So truthfully, in anything I've done, I think that there has been an element of recruiting that has always attracted me to making sure that whomever crosses my path, I am helping them to connect to the next step. Um, I have worked for nonprofits and other organizations where I'm connecting people's skills and talents and volunteer efforts. And then in my recruiting profession, um, I have worked for a small government contracting firm as well as a staffing agency. So I've had a wide range. Most of the work has been government sector, uh, U.S. government contracts, that sort of thing. While I was working at the small government contracting firm, I was primarily serving the intelligence community. And any time that I attempted to drag a candidate away from Maxar, tried to elicit them into a new opportunity, there always seemed to be a component of the Maxar culture, uh, very generous employee benefits, um, but it truly a healthy work-life balance, um, professional development, all those sort of things that you see on brochureware for other websites or other companies. But the Maxar employees truly wanted to stay because they could see themselves there for a long time through a career growth. And they could also see themselves running into some rough patches and still having a company that supported them. So I saw an opportunity to join when they were expanding their talent acquisition team uh, early this calendar year. And I've been met with a fruition of all of those things that I had heard and learned about Maxar. They're all very true. That sounds so wonderful. And we know that Maxar is a fascinating company with four business units. And I believe your team is in the public sector unit. Can you give us sort of a quick overview of the company and the cool things that you're working on? Sure, sure. So Maxar, I find to be a very unique company in that they have found a way to leverage a lot of these technologies that for generations were secluded to 
classified contracts, right? It was the purview of the government and those people who could launch satellites. Well, you throw a few billionaires and oligarchs in there and somebody, suddenly anybody can go into space, right? And they can put their satellites up there. So it's no longer just technology subsidized by classified contracts. It's technology developed by people who are curious and who are explorative. Um, Maxar is an amazing combination of all of the above. Um, yes, we do serve U.S. government customers. We also support public sector customers throughout the globe, um, Ministry of Defense in the U.K., Department of Defense in Australia. Um, so our public sector is not just limited to U.S. customers, though recently uh, Maxar did win the largest contract from the NRO for uh, electro-optical purposes, some of it I can go into, some of it I can't, um, but it's easily found on our website. But the other business units are certainly our space sector that is both the physical facilities where the satellites are designed and built, um, but also where the satellites can be tasked from and test run and software uploaded and upgraded. Uh, and then the additional business unit would be the commercial sector. So Maxar has developed a digital twin of the entire globe. Uh, and what that means is for training purposes, you don't actually have to go to a location. You can do some training in a location without having, without having to physically transport there. It can also mean uh, ways of interacting with your environment through virtual reality or augmented reality. And certainly augmented reality is not something everybody has um, a clear understanding of, but kind of the way that you look at your GPS map on your phone or in your car, if you were to have that displayed on, say, the interior windshield of your car, and it's giving you contextual clues as to which way to go rather than just a two-dimensional map. So that would be an augmented reality sort of extension of a essentially a digital globe. Well, Dee, you got it going on, and you sure know an awful lot about what's happening at Mexar. I am certainly very impressed and really excited to learn more. So, you know, what type of security cleared positions are you currently hiring for? And I don't want to say most importantly, but probably equally importantly, where are they located? Well, so right now, a lot of our opportunities are actually in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Um, and that is a location that was part of Maxar's origins many years ago um, and is also a place where we have a lot of university connections. Um, but we do have an office there. And the really interesting piece of the opportunities in Michigan are that they can bring in people who do not yet have a clearance and we can sponsor the clearance. So one of the ways that Maxar is responding to this new labor force of we would rather work remote and we would rather have flexible work arrangements is this opportunity to come into a company such as Maxar and to do some of the work and understand some of the projects and in the meantime be put in for security clearance. Certainly a lot of our needs are for the intelligence community customers here in the Northern Virginia area, but a lot of our Northern Virginia opportunities are also focused on modernizing the Army, um, which is something I am personally invested in, is 
you know, helping the Army to meet their recruiting goals by presenting to the world a modernized force, a modernized way of strategic warfare, and and certainly, you know, arming the warfighter in the field. But the opportunities in Ypsilanti are plethora right now. There's a lot of them right there. Besides the locations, are there some specific skill sets or positions that you're seeking to fill all the time? Almost always, we are looking for new talent with object-oriented programming. So in particular, Java, C++ for sure. A lot of government customer platforms are uh, Linux-based. And so in that sense, you know, Linux skills. But Linux is something that's not too difficult to pick up. And it's not too in-depth in the need as opposed to the object-oriented programming. Certainly data scientists. Maxar has 125 petabytes of data. And that provides for a lot of opportunity to develop artificial intelligence or machine learning to be able to look through those archival images. Maxar has the highest resolution satellites in orbit currently. So obviously when it goes around, it's picking up a lot of data, right? And then it goes around again and picks up another bit of information. Maxar also has decades of archival information. And so if you are, say, trying to look at climate change or erosion or that sort of thing, then that sort of data, being able to look back at it at a specific spot and to use AIML to differentiate what has changed there. Conversely, in terms of modernizing the Army, you can also use satellite AIML on the data to figure out what has changed in the environment. There was a vehicle there a minute ago. It's not there. Where did it go? How do I find that particular vehicle? This is so fascinating. So I understand that you're also looking for transitioning service members with 35 Tango experience. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. 35 Tango and 21Y, 21 Yankee. Um, so in the military, specifically in, at least in these cases, the army, there are military occupational specialties and they give them these wonderful little names and numbers. You know, all government customers love their acronyms and right, their abbreviations. In particular, these are two different sets of skills, but they relate to a lot of what Maxar is doing in terms of army modernization. The 35 Tangos are your field representatives who are able to rapidly adjust, deploy, prepare, set up flexible and portable pieces of information, pieces of equipment that will provide for data transmission and for data processing on the fly in the theater. And they are system integrators and system maintainers. 21 Yankees are your geospatial specialists that are going to take that sort of information to the next level of being able to identify whether it's threats or understanding movements. In fact, this is part of how Maxar kind of walked onto the larger stage was some of these abilities that I'm talking about are what allowed Maxar in January to recognize that what Russia was doing was not just exercises. It was aggressive movements. And that sort of being able to not just observe, but observe and distinguish and provide actionable information is the skill sets that are the projects that we're looking to find these skill sets for. Love it. And so an important part of just kind of the climate that we're in and all of the competition, and there's just so much out there, is really being able to 
help a candidate understand and, and kind of sell the company to them, right? There's many choices, many opportunities out there. And so if what Maxar is doing is currently not cool enough, what are some of the other things that you share that help differentiate, you know, Maxar is that employer of choice? Uh, you know, it's basically what drew me to Maxar, which is a demonstrated level of authenticity and commitment to these values that every company is throwing up on their website. They all talk about professional development, but I see on a regular basis how Maxar really does engage on a whole other level than I've ever seen. You know, their HR department is truly invested in developing a an ongoing conversation with each new team member and each established team member as to where do you want to go? What are you interested in? What can we do to support that exploration? Obviously providing um, tuition and fee reimbursement for continuing education, professional development and certifications and that sort of thing. But also, you know, ensuring that the conversation isn't just to benefit Maxar. Maxar definitely puts their money where their mouth is, for lack of better words. Um, they offer uh, student loan forgiveness, uh, repayment, right? So it is, and they're very, very generous in their employee benefits. Now, on the flip side, part of what they have decided to invest in is a self-funded insurance plan, which means that a lot of candidates will say, well, I'm going to get benefits through my partner's employment, so I don't need benefits, so can you add that back to my salary? At a company like Maxar, we're, we self-fund that because the company always wants to be prepared to support all of its team members. And the idea there is that you're not just one person with one set of benefits. You are contributing to a group of benefits to support yourself and all your coworkers, right? So instead of a coworker setting up a GoFundMe for, you know, a breast cancer challenge, Maxar is prepared to support that. So what that means is that for every new team member that a business unit brings on, the business unit is paying into those benefits, whether the new employee takes them or not. But again, to me, that's an indicator of Maxar's commitment to being prepared to support their team members. Um, so, you know, and there are many, many other anecdotes um, like that, that just demonstrate that Maxar truly is invested in helping people to have a living rather than just earn a living. Well said. Very well said. We can see why you love working there. <laughs> so one of the things that came up in your conversations with our team before was that Maxar does a quarterly survey that really informs decision-making and the direction for the company. Tell us a little bit more about that. Right. So the survey is across the company is annually. Quarterly, what happens is conversations with managers. Um, the managers are trained and encouraged. They're given a set of guidance and scaffolding for these conversations. They are touch points for a manager not to say, hey, here's the mark of performance that'll get you your year-end bonus, and here's where you are compared to that mark of performance. Those quarterly conversations are are twofold, right? They're to help the manager grow in connection and encouragement of their team, right? So that's a skill set that a manager needs to learn. And if you're only looking at it when it's the performance of the year end or the bonus metrics, then the, the perspective of the manager participating in that is 
skewed towards those metrics as opposed to if it's quarterly and it's meant to be conversational, then there's an opportunity for the manager to develop those more emotional intelligence skills, those um, conversational, let's draw this out. Where are you in your career? How are you feeling about that? Do you feel that your performance is up to where you want it to be? What do you need? What are the problems that you're experiencing, right? Um, and then it's also an opportunity for a manager to have that both and balance, right? A manager is responsible for ensuring that the company is successful, but also responsible for making sure that their their team is successful. Um, so those quarterly conversations require that the employees themselves truly participate in them. Because if you wait till the end of the year or you wait till the annual survey to provide feedback, that's a lump sum of information that then can pivot the company. But if it's spread out through the year, you have a much more real and authentic feel for what's going on throughout the company. Awesome. So we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but it's that uh, that piece of information that I think is worth tackling again. And that is what everyone loves to talk about. It's that remote work or that flexibility of being able to work. So could you tell us just a little bit more about how you're kind of managing through those requests or handling the requests for flexibility from employees to be able to work remote or in Michigan? <laughs> <laughs> So really, rather than having any sort of company-wide policy, which would tie people into a structure that maybe doesn't fit such a large company, you know, we have 5,000 employees all over the globe, right? It is more left to the teams, right? So collaboration and the synergies that come from being in person with someone, if wholly absent from a team means that there is missed opportunity for process improvement or for some sort of spark of concept that would have only happened if everybody were in the room as opposed to sort of half paying attention on Zoom, right? Um, conversely, the company very well recognizes that to say that everyone has to be in the building just because there is a building does not promote cohesion. It is it is an element of it, but it doesn't necessarily make or break it, right? And so looking at each government customer's need, right? So there are government customers where it is very sensitive information. You have to be in the SCIF to access the information and thus in the SCIF with the team members. There are efforts, even in those situations, when possible, to distribute the work so that unclassified work can be done a couple of days a week or a few days every other week. So Maxar tries to leave it up to each team's discretion to find ways to be flexible to the team's needs. And again, it goes back to that very healthy work-life balance. And, you know, every interviewee that I speak with, every candidate I speak with, I encourage them to come to the table with questions that are almost like dating questions, right? Like, are you a fit for me? Kind of questions, right? And I and I know that Maxar is prepared to answer those questions. So, Dee Dee, you have some interesting advice for transitioning service member. Advice that we actually don't often hear from recruiters, both about the size of the company they should work for, and that your first job doesn't have to be your dream job, which I love because that really is a big issue for transitioning service members. Can you tell us a little bit more about this advice you give? 
Yeah, again, just my opinion, not representing Maxar in any way, shape, or form. But in my personal experience, I would have to say that there are a lot of things that come with transitioning out of the military. I mean, not the least of which is just the way people beat around the bush. In the military, if there is a problem, there is a conversation about the problem and there's no minced words, right? It's, we're going to talk about this. We're not worried about anybody's feelings. This is okay. In the corporate world, right or wrong, in the civilian world, that's not necessarily the case, right? And the other piece of it is you can't tell what rank people are in the company because they're not wearing a uniform with insignias. You know, their MOS is not on their arm, right? Their rank is not anywhere on their t-shirt or sweatshirt, right? So to come out of the military and then jump into a small company, I'm not saying it's not doable. It certainly is. But my advice would be to join a larger organization, especially having been part of a large organization, to see how a civilian large organization operates and to understand all the complexities of figuring out who's who, you know, figuring out what is corporate culture, right? Because the military is the military. It is what it is. And and yes, you can get into an MOS or or into a, a battalion or a unit or, you know, a platoon, and they have each their own culture. But in truth, they're still part of the military, whereas each company is different. And so joining a large company may be the best option because you get the most exposure to all those things that were not obvious from the military side. Additionally, you kind of then have a little bit of, for lack of better words, resume credibility with a big, you know, stamp on your resume that says, I worked for one of these larger companies as you move into the next role. Because as you were alluding to, you don't know the questions to ask until you've been in the civilian world to be able to ask another company, and are you a fit for me, right? So in that kind of dating analogy, it would be like never having dated to getting married to the first person you met, right? So in this instance, you know, you wouldn't even know the questions to ask the first person you date until you've dated three or four people. Then if you're getting serious, then you now know the questions that are going to make or break the relationship. Unless you've been in the civilian world, you don't know those questions in an interview to throw back at the company and say, what is your policy on X, Y, and Z? Give me an example where your company has had to face this complex situation. How did you handle it, right? In candidates should be able to ask those questions, but I think that people transitioning out of the military aren't even aware that those questions exist yet. Not for ignorance or anything, just lack of exposure. Fantastic advice. In corporate America, we're not wearing our ranks on our sleeves, but we sure do wear our feelings. So love that <laughs> advice. And I think it's just so good to kind of put it in that that frame there. So appreciate that so very much. Now, because you're so full of great advice, so you weren't sure where I was going with that, but because you're so full of great advice, want to just poke one more time and see if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of your advice when it comes to actually making that application. So some of the advice you have for some of those clear job seekers when it comes to how to apply for a job instead of applying at it. 
I would say don't spend energy in making one fantastic resume. Spend your energy in making a good enough resume and then tailor it for each job. If you are looking at a job that you're applying for, and I say to you, tailor your resume. Don't give me an objective paragraph or summary paragraph at the top. Give me three or four bullets. Look at the job description. Somewhere in there will be your required qualifications, right? Hopefully, whoever wrote it was kind enough to limit that to three to six required qualifications. Anything more than that, and I just roll my eyes. Um, if you have those required qualifications, list them right back in bullet form, right? It's like being in a debate. If someone asks the question, you stall by rephrasing the question as the beginning of your sentence, right? Well, this is the resume version of that, right? Look at the job requirements, shoot them right back as a bullet. Required, Java experience. I have three years of Java experience. I've developed my own applications in X, Y, and Z, and I've been involved in hackathons, right? And, you know, two years of professional experience. While I've only had one year of professional experience, I had two internships. And during those internships, I was involved in X, Y, and Z projects. Then if you have any of the preferred qualifications, list those right at the top with those other two or three bullets, right? And yes, that then is applying for the job. And the way I see it benefiting the job seeker is you just had to do the mental exercise of visualizing yourself in that role. And if that gave you like a cringe, well, then maybe that's not the right role. And if you are really stretching to meet those basic qualifications, then maybe it's not the right fit. And I hate the word fit because it's such a vague avoidance kind of word. But, you know, in truth, it's all those things. And now the million dollar question. Everyone's going to want to know the answer. So if you're ready for it, how in the heck can our audience get in touch with you? Oh, I'm, I'm reachable in just about any way. I have all of my contact information up on LinkedIn. Well, Dee Dee, this has just been a fabulous conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time with us today. Thanks so much. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you very much. Maxar is such an interesting company, creating important products for our nation. I learned so much from Dee Dee when she was talking about all of the data that they were gathering and that they had archived and that they had the technology to be able to, you know, go through and look through it. I'm still reeling from how fascinating this conversation. Rachel, did you learn anything new? I'm sure you did. You learned tons today. Nope, absolutely nothing. No, it was so fascinating and incredible. And Didi is just an absolute pleasure and wealth of information. It was just so evident how much she radiates the passion for Maxar, but also just in really taking care of anybody that might need that career advice or might need just an opportunity and, and really being able to take the time and energy to find them their right home. It's just so refreshing. And I, I just, I, I loved really, especially why she went to Maxar and why she encourages others. And it's just that authenticity. And I, I think she definitely is authentic in what she shares and it's just refreshing to hear someone that has such pride and joy when it comes to talking about their company. Rachel and I really appreciate that you took the time to learn about MaxArt with us today. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. See you later, guys.